Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you love Jesus, just come on, put our hands together and give him a hand clap of praise. All right, if he's your king, if he's your Lord, come on, just give him another praise. How many of y'all are excited that he rose from the grave? Amen. And he is alive. How many of y'all know he's alive today? And the reason why we know that he is alive is that he's alive through us. Uh, next week, Pastor Jason will be back, and he encouraged me to encourage everyone. Let's celebrate, amen, because not only did he die, but he rose again, and he is alive in us. We are his hands. We are his feet. And the way the world knows that we are his disciples is the love that we have one for another. So come on, y'all. Let's give him some praise again. Amen. How many of y'all glad that you made March clean by his blood? Amen. God's chemical level of redemption. I don't know how it does it, but red blood makes us white as snow. That's kind of, that's kind of amazing. But we're celebrating next week, Easter Sunday, as we celebrate our Lord. Not only did he, did he die, but we are so glad that he rose from the grave. Amen. So that is our victory, which is victory over the death, hell, and the grave. And we know that he is our soon coming king, and that is Jesus Christ, the Lord. But today we want to talk about, we're going to finish out the series of I Want to Believe. And there's many things that are happening, even in the world today. If you saw the news before we came to church, if you had a chance to, uh, to cut on the TV, you saw two bombings in, e- in Egypt at Christian churches where people have died. ISIS has claimed responsibility. So we're living in an evil world. We often wonder, God, why is this? How many of y'all have ever asked that question, God, why? How many of y'all have ever asked that question? Come on, let me see your hands. All right, if you not, keep on living because there's going to be things in our lives and we ask God, why, amen? I've been there, God, why? So today we finish out this idea that is true for our culture. I want to believe, but. There's so many people still wanting to believe, but there's that big but. There's that big question. As Pastor Jason said, we got big butts. We got big butts. We got a big butt here. We got a big butt there. We got a big butt everywhere, amen? But, but the question is, but Why? 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 Seriously, though, how many butts do we have in our culture? I've heard so many times in my life, it's hard to narrow down to just that one that stands out. But the main idea we have come to conclusion when we do this is, as we said in the last couple of weeks, we are throwing out a but, but rejecting God. The truth is we are actually rejecting a distorted view of God. God has been distorted so long, especially in the church. We've made it so hard. We've made it so complicated to believe you got to do this. You got to do that. You can't wear, women can't wear pants. Women can't cut their hair. Men, we can't wear shorts. We can't do this. All these butts. But we're rejecting, we're rejecting a distorted view of God. But today I want to talk about what may, the, may, may be the most commonly embraced distorted view of God. And that is what I call a heartless God. A heartless God. So God, why, did there, why was there a bomb in Egypt today and Christians were killed? Why? Or the great Emmanuel church in Charleston, South Carolina, a young man walks in and kills people at a Bible study. Why? Is God really that heartless? Is God really that heartless? Why did it happen? Why? Why have we lost loved ones to cancer? My brother is going through chemo right now. Why? 
Or as Pastor Jason shared a couple of weeks, the, 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 the sorrow of a miscarriage. Is God that heartless? Someone asked me, well, why, where was God? Where was God doing all this? He's been at the same place. He's still on his throne. He's been there all the time. He's been there through, the, through my pain, which we're going to share a little there. He's always been there. Even when Jesus was in the Garden of the Gethsemane, the pain, the, the tears, the sweat. He's been at the same place. He's, he hasn't left. He hasn't left. Amen. Praise God. He is still God, and he's still on his throne, and he's still in control. He is still in control, even when we don't see it. And, and, and even in my life, even when I didn't believe it. When we get that doctor's report, or we lose our job, is he that heartless? I want to believe God, but he's a heartless God. I want to believe him, but he's heartless. He just don't care. He doesn't care. Or does he? The God that we serve, does he really care? Does he care about your situation? Does he care about where you're at? Through your pain, through your ups, through your down. Does he really care or is that God really like they say he's hardly, he don't care? I've asked people, ask me very sincerely throughout my life, how do you believe in a God who doesn't seem to care? Oh man, James, how do you believe in someone that you can't say? How do you believe in someone that you don't even know if he's really where? But through faith, I do, amen, praise God. How do we explain a person who grew up in the church, never missed it, married in church, had the kids, daughter born with severe heart problems, prayed for healing, died the next week? Or what about the mother who finally gets pregnant, delivers her baby, then, but then months later dies from cancer? What about, what about, what about? What about the mass murders? And you know, some of us believe they've been killed because, you know, well, they done did this, they done did that. Racist shooting. Oh, come on, America. Let's talk about it. Amen. Does he really care? Does he really, does he really care? And it doesn't matter if it's black against white or white against black. It just doesn't matter. It's still hate. But is God that heartless where somebody can have so much hate in their heart because I don't look like you, I can be killed? Why, God, is this happening? Are you there? <laughs> are you there? Are we there? Have you ever felt this way? If you have, raise your hands. If you felt that way, come on, y'all, raise your hands. Let's get real. Let's keep it 100. <laughs> now let's, let's keep it 100. How many of us really felt this way through our lives, through our trials, through our ups and downs? God, where are you? Where are you, God? Where are you? Where are you? This is a safe place for all of us this morning. Oh, thank God for center point. This is a safe place where we can come and be real. You know, I, I was thinking a personal story, uh, some pain. I remember my, my, my sister, as she carried twins in 1982. They were born on December 7th. And one of them died the next day. And I remember my sister, as she came home from the hospital, me and her was just having this conversation. We were praying. 
And she said, James, I didn't even get to hold my baby. I didn't even get to hold my baby. You're talking about pain. You're talking about pain, being there sharing this with somebody that has cared babies for nine months. And the next day, one of them died. She didn't even get the chance to hold the baby. You talk about, that's some pain. Do you think God is that heartless? God, where were you at? We question, where was it? Where, God, where was you in this situation? But years later, we got the autopsy report, and they begin to talk about how she didn't have enough umbilical fluid in the, in the sack. So the baby was deformed. It had a cleft foot. It was, it was really not performed. The lungs, the kidneys, all of those things were not formed correctly. So his ultimate will was that, he would, that she, would, she would perish. But going through life being deformed, we didn't understand it. Then we didn't have the evidence. But God, is you that heartless? You're talking about pain? Why is God allowing this to happen? If God can do something, why doesn't he? Huh? If God can do something, why doesn't he? In, in our situation, we cry out to God and we ask him, God, if you can do something, why don't you do it? Oh, he's still sovereign though, isn't he? He's still sovereign. He's the sovereign God over every situation. He is Lord over all of our circumstances. He's in control. He's totally in control and he does nothing by mistake. Oh my God. He doesn't do anything by mistake. He doesn't do anything by mistake. David cries out to God, are you listening? Do you care? Job loses his house, his wealth, his business, boils all over his body. He has jerk friends. <laughs> Any of y'all got some of them, amen, because they say, hey, homeboy, you must have did something because ain't no way all this coming up on you and you haven't did something to displease God. That's how some friends do. You get in trouble, let's see how many friends stick with you, Amen. All right, come on, y'all. Let's tell the truth. Then his wife got to acting crazy. Oh, thank the Lord for a good wife. Amen. Praise the Lord. His wife got to acting crazy. Say, hey, Job, why don't you just go ahead and curse God and die? Look at John the Baptist. John the Baptist, reason for living. He was helped to prepare the way of Jesus Christ. And then John had the audacity to say, don't follow me. Follow Jesus. Then he also said, I'm unworthy to untie your shoes. Then he baptizes Jesus. He got arrested, put in prison for doing what's right. Mmm, wow. He got put in prison for doing what's right. I'm good, I'm good. Jesus is also on in this. Not worried at all. Miracles for strangers. Not for him. He turned water into wine. They asked the question, are you the one? John didn't just lose his job. He lost his head. Ah. Now there's something to think about. Following Jesus might cost you your head. Now some of you wonder why your spouse acting so weird, huh? All right, amen. Praise God. You just might lose your head. Seriously. Jesus had the power to rescue John, but he didn't. Wow. He had the power, but he didn't. Where is God? How many of you are still asking that question? Where is God? Where is God? Where is God? 
And we're not going to get all the answers in 30 minutes. And this is, this is not a sermon to ask why good things or bad things happen to good people. That's not what it's about. But one day we'll understand it. Y'all remember the old song, we'll understand it better by and by. Amen. Praise God, the old hymn. So, I want you to think about this today. When God doesn't seem fair, what do you do? When God doesn't seem fair, what do you do? How do you feel? I want to tell you this. Point number one. Point number one. God has a purpose in our pain. Oh, yeah, he has a purpose. He has a purpose. Oh, man, I was just sharing last week, and, uh, and, and I really hadn't got all the notes. But I told, I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I told somebody, you know what? I posted on Facebook a couple of weeks everything I lied about, everything I try to cover up, everything that I was in denial about, all that pain is going to be used for God's purpose. I spent years trying to cover up. I, try, I spent right in the church. I had to be that perfect minister, had to be that perfect everything, but didn't nobody know to understand the pain. Y'all know my testimony of the sexual abuse. But I began to realize, God, you had purpose. I didn't always understand it. There's many days that I still cry and try to understand, God, why, but I know there's purpose in the pain. I know there's purpose in the pain. So no matter what we've been through, no matter what you've faced in your life, God has purpose in your pain. Oh, ain't that right, Anita? And God has purpose in the pain. Isn't that right, Jennifer? God has purpose in the pain and the decisions that we made. God's got purpose in the pain. Someone lets you down, lose something important, takes advantage. Oh, God. Life doesn't get go the way you want. Cancer, sore throat, death, flat tire, no matter what. Let's look at 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7. 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7. 1 Peter 1, 6-7. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's the real deal. But you know, oh, let, let me continue to read. It, it has been tested as fire test and purifies gold. Through your, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through the many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So what you're going through, baby, it's worth it. Oh, come on, tell your neighbor, it's worth it. It's worth it. What you suffered, what you've gone through, it's worth it because our faith must stand trial. Oh, yeah, we're going to the courtroom to see where our faith stands, amen. Oh, yeah, we're going. It's going to be weighed in the balance. It's going to be weighed. Your faith has to stand trial. Your faith has to. It has, you have to be tested because when you're tested, you become as pure gold. Oh, thank God for the potter's wheel. He'll throw a little lump down on that. I remember in art class, we used to have to throw that lump of clay down there. we get the pressure and moving. Amen. Adding a little water on it to shape it. Our faith stands trial. Oh, I feel all right, man. Y'all make me want to preach. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Because our faith has to stand trial because God is faithful. When you're going through your trial, when you made that mistake, you know his love is still there. 
and he still cares. Oh, my God. In the midst of my mess, God was still calling out, James Morris, hun, I love you, boy. Come on and get it right. I didn't always get it right, but he was still there calling me by my name. Ooh, great God from Zion. Amen. All right. Get a little too Pentecost up in here. Amen. Praise God. All right. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. But, 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 but so it's amazing. It's amazing. Because if we look in Hebrews, I'm getting off my notes right. But the faith chapter, how they were sawed asunder. They were thrown in the lion's den. They, they gave up their children. Faith, their faith stand trial. But no, no matter what you're going through, center point, no matter what we go through and we're testing, we're trial, he loves us and where our faith has been tried because he still cares. Even though we don't see it, he still cares because he is not a heartless God. He still loves us. In spite of our mess, in spite of what we've done, he still loves us. And how many of y'all glad about it that he still loves us? Woo! How great is his love? How great is his love? How great is his love? God doesn't always cause the pain, but God always uses it. Oh, God doesn't always cause the pain, but he can always use it. Oh, wow. God doesn't always cause the pain, but he can always use it. Man, look at this. Joseph thrown in a pit. Joseph got sent to Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife got to acting crazy. Uh-huh, he, she wanted the boy. And when I say she wanted him, she wanted him. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen, praise God. The boy must have been fine because whatever he did, that woman wanted him. He must have had, he might like my muscles. Like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, amen. Praise God, amen. Hallelujah, amen. But then he got put in prison. But in prison, he, had, he, had a, he always had an encounter. Then he got moved to the palace. But through it all, it was through the pain. How can you imagine your brothers throwing you into, selling you into slavery? Your brothers. Your blood brothers. But through the pain, God still used it, Amen. And, and, and speaking of pain, speaking of pain, y'all know I, I, y'all know me better than almost anybody. Amen. It took me a long time to get to this point in my life, to be transparent and real. Even moving to Danville, me coming back to Kentucky, was through pain. Through pain. As I shared about my injury in Afghanistan. And the ability, so they said I was going to be paralyzed from the neck down. Thank God for God. Amen. Praise God. Ooh, thank the Lord. I feel like running. Amen. Praise God. But, 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 but through that traumatic experience and me, all these flashbacks of the abuse and the sex. But not only that, I was raped. You don't hear many men tell them, talking about being raped, right? But through that pain, I didn't have a choice of the matter. But through that pain and me wanting to kill myself and getting psychological or mental health help. And I said before, the, my counselor told me, James, you are, a secret, you are as sick as your secret. So I had to talk. I mean, I, when I called a hotline to get my help, I said, like, I just want to talk to somebody. I don't care who it is. I just want to talk because I'm so much pain. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my relationship with my wife. I'm losing everything. 
and I need help. Because of some of the choices that I did, I inflicted my own pain. Oh, yeah, James caused some of my own pain. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? Let's be real. We cause our own pain, but he's still there. Oh, he said, James, even the bad choices that you made, I still love you because I care about you. Even when nobody else cared, when I felt like I even questioned why was I born in my family? Have you ever questioned that? I questioned, God, why was I born in this family of incest and, and sexual abuse? Why? Why was I put in? And he said, it's for my glory. Because your pain is going to be somebody else's testimony. Oh, yeah. Your pain can be somebody else's way of escape. When you begin to open up your mouth and you begin to share, say, I'm no longer ashamed of what I've been through. God, use it for your glory because it's not about me. It's about you, Lord. It's not about us. It's not about us. It's about his glory. So, God, how do you use this pain? So I made a decision. I got to come back to Kentucky. I got to face my devil. I got to face because you know what? Once you face it, it can't have no victory over you no more. Oh, come on. Come on. Let's wake up. Amen. Once you face that pain, it can't have victory over you no more. So when somebody tries to throw up my past, and you know what? I remind them of where I'm, my future is going to be. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. When somebody tries to say, oh, you used to do this, you used to do that. I said, I don't care. I'm no longer a slave of fear. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the raw, true king. Amen. Great God from Zion. Woo! Come on, center point. So maybe it was alcohol. Maybe it was sex. It don't matter no more because I'm a child of the one true king. Maybe it was adultery. Maybe it was an abortion. He can no longer hold it against us because our God has risen from the grave and he is alive and he has changed us by the power of his love and by the power of his blood. Woo-wee! All right, all right. Yeehaw, let's go ride some Broncos. Amen. Holla. I'm getting a little country now. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Because when we experience his love, we know that he's not a heartless God. When you've been through, when you've cried through the midnight hour, when you've been through the pain and the sufferings of your mistakes, but he said, I still loved you with an everlasting love. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God, no matter as the song said, no matter what it was, the blood, the blood, the blood, it can clean you. See, that's where the devil had me jacked up because, see, I thought my sin was too great. I thought it was too bad. But he still, no matter, oh, the old song said, it reaches to the lowest valley. It clams the highest mountain. It'll go over and under to find where you're at, amen, because he loves you that much, amen. It'll find you right in the darkest corner of a crack house. It'll find you when you're getting ready to take that drink. It'll say, I, I loved you, I love you. Or when you get ready to click on that link with the little thing, and particulars are showing and popping up, amen. I didn't choose it. I didn't choose it. But I had to come back to face. 
And it's not been easy since I've been back. But I tell you one thing, I'm still victorious because I still live by the, and serve the one true king. My God, my God, my God. That is purpose. Man, if you had told me two years ago that I'll be serving and working with addicts, I would have told you you're plumb crazy. But I relate because of their pain and their struggle. I've been there. I, used to, I just used to be ashamed of it. Oh, that's what it was. I was ashamed. But through the love of Jesus Christ, it has brought me to a place of purpose because I realize what I've been through is bigger than me. And when we get to the point, Blake, of understanding that it's bigger than us, I'll watch God move. Watch God begin to move and change your situation for his glory, Hillary. Ain't that right? Point number two. God is present in your pain. Oh, God is present in the pain. God is present in the pain. Anita, I'm telling you. Many a days as a teenager trying to understand why this happened and the confusion of sexuality, I would cry out to God and say, God, why did this happen to me? And I'm telling you, many a nights I could just feel the embrace of the Holy Spirit right in the midst of my confusion and my pain. Didn't understand it. Took me 47 years to understand because I went to finally go get some mental health. My wife told me, you better go get some help, boy. Amen, praise God. You need it. You need it. Now, I'm tell the truth. I did, amen, praise God. I got banished to the basement, amen, praise God. But in the, but, but in the midst of death, down in the basement, amen, I began to pray and I began to seek God. I, I pulled out a couple of notes last week. I didn't bring any, but I just began to write every day. I began to say what the Holy Spirit, because here I was, a 47-year, outstanding military career. Man, defense contractor, retired. Man, I was breaking, I'm making six figures. I'll be honest with you. But I gave it all up because I wasn't happy on the inside. The pain that I caused my family. The strained relationships. But I've realized that God was present. One day I was down in my basement. I just began to cry out to God. And I just knew the Holy Spirit was there. Psalms 46.1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. How many of you have ever been in trouble? Oh, come on. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. How many have ever been in trouble? Tell the truth. Shame the devil. We've been in trouble. We want God to give us what we want. God wants to show us he is what we need. Ooh, yeah. How many of y'all can testify? Can I get a little testimony service here going on? Amen. We want God to give us what we want. God wants us to show us he is what we need. Because through it all, no matter what you want, no matter what you need, ultimately, he is what we need. He is what we need. He is what we need. Paul had the thorn in his side, suffered greatly. Stone, man, stone. That ain't the kind of stone I'm talking about either, amen. You know, praise the Lord, amen. I'm just being facetious here. Amen, praise God. Thorn in his side. We don't even really know what it was, but I know one thing. He prayed three times, didn't he, to get it taken away. He prayed. Through. How many of y'all prayed to say, God, remove it? How many of y'all ever prayed, God, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to go through it. 
Come on, come on. How many of us did that? We've prayed, right? We've asked God, God, why am I going through it? Why is it happening to me? 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, but God said to me, Pastor Paul talking here, what did he say? Somebody testifying over here. Amen. What did he say? What did he say? What did he say? My grace is what? Sufficient. Oh, come on, y'all thank God for grace. How many of you thank God for grace? How many of you thank God for grace? Because mercy and grace said no. When I could have lost my mind, grace said no. When I felt like throwing in the towel, grace said no. When I wanted to kill myself, grace said no. Woo! Great God from Zion. There I go again. There I go again. Amen. Healed me. Changed my circumstances. Fixed the problem. Relieved the pain. No. His grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Oh, man. Let's embrace, embrace grace because it is sufficient. Grace will carry you through. Amen. Praise God. What is grace? What is grace? Forgiveness of sins? No, it's more than that. That is what I need. God, no, I am what you need. God is there because he cares. He cares. One more scripture, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. Listen to this. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardship, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I had to realize I just had to surrender it all because in my weaknesses, God is made strong. Amen, hallelujah. In our weaknesses, in your weakness at that point, amen, of that pain, God is made strong. God is made strong. I don't know how he does it. Don't care, amen, hallelujah. I just know when I go to him and I'm weak and I cry out to him, somehow or rather, amen, he just makes me all right. It makes it all right. Listen to what Paul said. I delight in headaches. They drew me closer to Christ. I delight in the job search. God is my provider. He had to build some tents. I delight in my harsh season, breaking me of self-sufficiency. I delight in the lonely seasoning, Emmanuel, because God is with us. Many have asked the question over the years of ministry to me, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do good things happen to bad people? I know sometimes, I remember back in the 80s, 90s, all these rappers becoming millionaires. They out there living another kind of life. I'm like, fruit, I ain't no millionaire. True. But God's grace is sufficient. Done a lot of things wrong. The one person you know that is not the best of characters in life. We all know them, but it always seems they have blessings after blessing, health, friendship, family. Then on the flip side, there is that amazing family down the street that loved everyone, shared with everyone, anyone that gets hit by the drunk driver and destroys the family. I remember, you man, there was a young lady when I was stationed at F.E. Warren Air Force Base in Cheyenne, Wyoming. This girl was beautiful, beautiful Christian. And she was an SP, a security forces, and she always worked, worked the gate, dressed in the elite gate guard, the white laces and the black boots, uniform, man, beautiful young lady. 
and her and her family went on a vacation. They were all killed in a car wreck. It tore the whole base up because this young lady was just an awesome Christian, young, beautiful, uh, 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 an outstanding family, and every person in their family was killed in a car wreck. I mean, our base was in mourning. God, why did this happen to this young lady cut down in the prime of her career? But I tell you one thing, every time that young lady was on the gate, I mean, she always had a smile on her face, always sharing the love of Jesus Christ. And we wonder, God, why did this happen? And many times in our lives, we still ask God, why does this happen? Sure, God is not always fair. He just, he's just though. He's just. He's not always fair, but he is just. And I'm glad. Because if he was fair, I get what my sins deserve. Yeah, yeah. If he was fair, we would get exactly what we deserve. Oh, now get to thinking about that, amen. Man, if he was just fair and not just, we would get exactly what we deserve. Let's read, let's read. Psalms 103, 10 through 12. God does not treat us as our sins deserves or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Let's give him some praise. Amen. Hallelujah. How many are you glad that he does not reward us according to what our iniquities deserves? That means he's a just God. He's a just God. Hallelujah. All the craziness that is in the world. Man, man, just look at the world. Just look at the world. Shootingness of uh, somebody runs or what in, uh, into a crowd in Stockholm. They do it in London. Bomb is in Egypt. What is it, God? What is it? And the most important thing about this, if you don't take anything else today, He hurts with us, man. He's right there in your pain. He hurts. Scripture, what what it says. For we don't have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, right? But in all points, he was tempted just like we are without sin. But now we can come boldly through the throne of grace that we might find help in the time of need. God has a purpose in your pain. God has a purpose in your pain. God is present in your pain. God is present in your pain. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. After I saw my counselor, she encouraged me to go to celebrate recovery. And I was at a point in my life I asked God, is it even worth it? Is it even worth it? My kids wondered 
Why is dad like this? Why, what, what happened to dad? My wife, she did not understand. She was trying to figure out what in the world is going on with James. She tried to change me for years. And I so often look and I'm like, God, here I am. I'm 47 years old and I feel like I'm losing everything. God, how can you be in this? The pain, not only that I suffered, but my family suffered. God, where are you? On June the 14th, 2014, down in my basement, he began to show me James. I've been there all alone. What you've suffered is going to be used for my glory. I didn't understand it then. I didn't. I tried to hide my secrets. I tried to hide my pain. But that day I surrendered everything to God. Three years later, I thank God for what he's doing in my life, my family's life. Because when you turn it over to the Lord, I am living proof. I am living proof. When you come to him and say, here I am, here it is, God, I'm no longer ashamed. People need to know that our God is alive and real. And the way they do that, they see our struggle and what he's done. He's, they see our mistakes and how he's still working miracles because I am a miracle. Only by the grace of God. I'm, he still blows my mind. I'm like, what the what? Amen. Whenever you're tempted to look at whatever it is, the crazy stuff in the world or the personal things that feels unjust, God, why would you allow this? Here's something that I challenge you to do. Don't just think about it from your perspective, but think about it from our Heavenly Father's perspective. A Father who loves you, who has a purpose in your pain, and is with you when you're hurting. You are not alone, and He is with us through every shadow and valley. He's there in the shadow of death. He there, he's there in the valley. Remember, when you hurt, God hurts with you. There are times when he wants to tell you something, but you cannot quite understand. I'm going to do something through this. There's a reason. I'm working and I'm still here. Guess what? He knows what it's like more than anybody else to hurt because he loved you so much that he did something that wasn't fair. He sent his son to die. And when Jesus became sin, Jesus looked up at the father and said, my God, my God, why did you turn away? The father knew he could not look upon sin. But because the father loved you and he loved me, he sent his son to die in our place. That is a love beyond anything that we could ever imagine. Our God is not a heartless God. So like I said at the beginning, when people begin to ask me, where was God when this happened? He's been there. He's at the same place. 
He's at the same place when Jesus was at the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was on his throne. He just couldn't. He, Jesus bore our sins. That thing that you did, that pain, Jesus took it on for us. Our God doesn't even just love you. He is love. Oh, yeah, he just doesn't love you. He is love. It's not what he does. It is who he is. It's not what he does. Oh, saints, it's not what he does. It's who he is. And he is love. That's why we love loud now. <laughs> because he is love. Because if you don't love, you don't know God. That's what 1 John says. He is love. Let's pray. Father, today we come to you. We thank you for your love, your forgiveness, your mercy, and your grace. We thank you for showing your love by sending your son, Jesus. And even the next week as we celebrate Easter and the resurrection, we celebrate the love that for you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son. And we know that you are not a heartless God. You care about our situations. You care about every circumstance that we face, our ups, our downs, our shortcomings, our pains, our sins. You loved us with an everlasting love. And we are so grateful and we are so thankful for your love. Even as we depart from this place today, let our, your love continue to be shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that we may give hope in this dying world. Hope that you loved us, that you care about us, you care about our pain. We thank you for the opportunity to love and to give back. We give you praise. We give you glory.